0: Welcome to Weight Loss for Small Animal Vets podcast, I am Nadine Kozokaru, DVM and Certified Life and Weight Coach. Hello friends and welcome to episode 4 of the podcast. Let's play some hunger games again, types of hunger and the hunger scale. How are you all doing today? Still kicking ass big time as small animal vets? Please don't forget to rate this podcast on iTunes, it's easy and you can do it even on your phone. You can also take some time to write a review or send me your opinions. I would really appreciate it. I am already collecting your questions. I talked about the overdesire, the hormonal regulation of our weight, and about the overhunger. Wanting to work with me personally? Do you want to solve your weight problems for good? send me a message to my email or on social media. You'll find the links in the show notes. I can coach you in English, Swedish or Romanian. I like knowing the science and the why behind our behaviours because it's easier for my logical brain to find solutions to the problems. And I like to think about the hunger as physical hunger and emotionally induced hunger. Both happen in our bodies, but how to know which is which, and do we deal with them separately? I want to introduce the concepts of physical sensations versus feelings or emotions because I use them a lot in my coaching. The main difference is that physical sensations start in the peripheral receptors and travel then to the brain to be interpreted. The feelings or the emotions are created by our brains through our thoughts. The thoughts that we think in our minds create the feelings we experience in our bodies. Think about feelings or emotions as the way our brains communicate with our bodies. So, they start in the brain and travel down to the body. The physical sensations start in the body and travel up to the brain. Examples of sensations – cold, warm, pressure, pain, tickly, heavy, light, flushed, hunger. Examples of emotions or feelings – hunger, sadness, anger, love, happiness, fear, overwhelm, joy, openness and so on. As you see, hunger is on both lists. And, to make things even more complicated, the feelings or the emotions are described as vibrations or sensations in our body created by the brain or the thoughts inside our brains. Example. Anger, which is an emotion, for me, feels like a pressure on my chest, my heart rate is high, my face is flushed, I have shallow rapid breathing and my jaws are clenched. But the anger, the feeling of anger is created by my thoughts about a specific situation. When I think those thoughts, my brain releases some chemicals that attach to the peripheral receptors and my sensation of the feeling anger is created. I know this might seem complicated. And I will often come back to the science of our minds because I found out that vets, doctors, biologists need to understand the logical mechanisms behind everything. Otherwise, we tend to discredit some amazing mind work tools as woo-woo or paranormal explanations and miss a lot of useful information, who might help us both lose weight but also to feel better or change our lives. So let's go back to the two types of hunger. The physical hunger is a normal survival mechanism. We are created as species to eat, use and store some of the nutrients, get hungry, eat again, and so on. When external food is not available, our bodies take fat from the storages, burn it and create energy. Ghrelin is the hormone responsible for creating hunger and tells us it's time to eat. That's the normal cycle. If our hormones are messed up and imbalanced, we will experience overhunger or hunger at the cellular level. Go back to the episode 3 of the Weight Loss for Small Animal Vets podcast and listen to it as well, because I describe this in detail there. We can also create emotional hunger by thinking about food all the time or, for example, by watching cooking shows or reading cooking magazines. And by doing this, we will also increase the desire for specific foods. For not even mentioning that we usually spike our insulin and the fat on our bodies is not available for fuel anymore. Other thoughts that might create emotional hunger are those about preventative eating. We eat before we actually get hungry because we are afraid of how the hunger feels in our body. Being a small animal vet, you know that opportunities for constantly grazing or snacking or nibbling are present both at work and we kind of bring this habit home with us as well. We receive a lot of goodie bags, pastries, cakes, buns, donuts from our pet owners, from medical reps, and we have that tendency of grabbing something to eat between our patients to prevent a possible hunger event in the future, or just because of the fear of missing out on that taste experience. I use a tool that is called the Hunger Scale for losing and maintaining a natural healthy weight. But this tool might be totally unbalanced in the beginning of the weight loss journey because of the over desire for some foods and because of the overhunger phenomenon. The hunger scale is built in the following way minus ten to plus ten, where minus ten is totally starving and plus ten is so full of food that you feel your stomach exploding and the food crawling up in your esophagus. For you to become a naturally lean person or to reach your natural healthy weight, it's enough to eat from minus 4 to plus 4. Some people lose weight eating from minus 2 to plus 2, but that might spike the insulin too often and it's not really working if you are insulin resistant. So let's see how hunger scale looks like. Some examples. Minus 2 is when you are barely, barely feeling hunger. Minus 4 is like you need to eat now, your hunger sensation is firm, and you would rather eat than postpone your meal again. From minus 6 down, it becomes more and more uncomfortable to bear with the hunger. Plus 2 is when you are barely satiated, you can quickly and effortlessly run around your house or after a bus. Plus 4 is when you feel satiated, your tummy feels full, you can take a walk around your house, but you instead wish not to be forced to run. (laughs) From plus 6 above, you become more and more painfully uncomfortable with the amount of food in your stomach. Some of my clients cannot even describe or identify the hunger scale in their bodies because they are so dependent on burning sugar all the time. Their fat storages are there, but they are unavailable to them. And they feel hungry all the time. Or some of them never feel hunger at all and just graze and chew all the time. The solution is to re become fat adapted. What does this mean? To retrain your body to do what it has evolved to do. To use fat as an energy source when external food is not available. After becoming fat adapted, the hunger will not feel the same. When we can re become fat adapted and we are able to eat from minus 4 to plus 4, our weight loss journey becomes easy and fun. What does fat adapted mean? Fat adapted is the natural, normal state of our bodies. It means that when we don't have food available, our bodies will access first the circulating blood sugar, then the glucose from the glycogen reserves in the liver and in the muscles, and then our fat reserves to provide us with necessary fuel. The sugar reserves in glycogen form are rapidly available but also rapidly depleted. Now, stay with me on that. (laughs) The natural state of how our bodies and our brains coordinate all this is to seek pleasure, avoid pain and to be efficient. In the last decades we messed up big times with this survival triad because of the abundance of foods available in modern society. So, to produce fuel, it's much easier nowadays for the brain to send you signals to eat or die, and more than that, to eat something sweet or high in easily available carbs than to access the fat on our bodies. This is much easier and much more efficient from the primitive brain's perspective. The abundance of the modern society made our bodies forget this way to produce fuel, developed in hundreds of thousands of years of evolution. The way our bodies were made or evolved is, eat, store the excess in fat, then fast, then excess the fat stored previously, then eat again, But when food becomes available, nowadays we are just eating, storing, eating, storing, we don't allow our bodies to access the body fat reserves, we provide food instead. Mostly rapidly digestible food, not just any food. So we get both dopamine rewards and we resolve the hunger sensations in our bodies, with rapidly digestible foods. So nowadays most of us are sugar burners instead of being fat adapted. How do you know if you are a sugar burner? You need to eat really often because your blood sugar levels are dropping in quotes. And by the way, this is a big BS. There are extremely few people on earth that have medical conditions causing low blood sugar levels. And I am talking about normal, regular adults. You become hangry when you are not able to eat. Your general energy is low and you experience ups and downs during your day, both as an energy level and mood shifts. You are afraid to skip a meal because being hungry or hangry feels like a life-threatening condition in your body. You're usually eating in advance in case you'll be hungry later, even if you are not hungry at that moment. You become cranky, irritated, aggravated, snapping all the time at your colleagues, at your kids, at your family. In a word, not even you want to be around you in the moments when food is not available. Your colleagues at work have hidden jars with sweets, readily available for you if Dr. Jekyll loses the battle and Mrs. Hyde is coming up. Does this sound familiar? Then you are certainly a sugar burner. And even if you are not eating sugar, eating small meals all the times has exactly the same effect. It will provide you with nutrients and spike your insulin and insulin is the storage hormone. The result is that your body won't be able to process and to access your precious fat storage. How do you know if you are or you've become fat adapted? You can go really long hours without eating. For me, for instance, 23-24 hours between meals are not a problem whatsoever, and in the light of speaking the truth, I need to add not a problem anymore. I accidentally went into a 48 hours fasting once because I just forgot to eat. And my husband was not amused. (laughs) But hunger is never an emergency if you are fat adapted. It comes and goes in waves, but it does not feel unbearable, is mild and friendly. You are able to stick to your eating plan without emptying the fridge when food is available to you again. If you keep yourself hydrated, you feel good all the time, your energy level is constant and even, you don't have ups and downs in energy and mind drama when you skip a meal or two. You are never ever hangry Being fat adapted allows you to feel much better to have a constant level of positive energy and to shut down the unnecessary chatter in your mind about food. And if you struggle with your weight, as I did my whole life, it will help you reset the weight set point in your brain. You will be able to stay at your natural weight and feel good and not in crisis any time you see a cookie or a brownie that your colleagues left in your lunchroom. How did becoming fat adapted changed my vet life? This is the greatest of the greatest of the greatest things of all. You know that I loved being an ER vet. And what happens if you are working in the ER? You have seldom the opportunity to eat when you want or when you have your lunch breaks planned. And that is not a problem for me anymore. My energy level is constant all the time because my body has food available all the time. My own fat is there and the body learned itself to easily access it or access food, aka fat, whenever we are hungry. I am not currently working as an ER vet anymore, but my colleagues at work know that I can easily skip lunches And they remind me that they will go to eat when it's time to eat, which is, of course, perfectly fine with me. So, being fat adapted does not mean that your body won't eat. The exact opposite is true. The body eats exactly when is needed. You are self-sufficient for much longer periods of time. The nutrients are stored all over you. If you are at your natural healthy weight, then you have at least 63 meals on your body available to you. There are studies on that. I didn't come up with that number from the top of my head. (laughs) So please hear me right. I am not by any means encouraging you not taking your breaks or not eating your lunch and so on. I am really encouraging you to take good care of you with love and self-compassion. I encourage you to be able to be efficient and to take better care of you by better planning your day. I encourage you to drink water and to go and pee when needed. I must say that I was efficient before I became a life coach also, but now I am like the ninja of time management, efficiency and self-care, and that's freedom. and if I have to choose between grabbing some sweets or nuts or bars or that energy drink on my way to the next patient and eating from my own fat until real healthy and beautiful food is available again, I will choose my own fat in 100% of the cases. It feels so great all the way through to have this freedom. Taking good care of myself implies for me using food for fuel, not for coping with negative emotions. That implies also not putting poison in my body just to get a dopamine kick. If I skip a lunch or so, it's not so important anymore in the big picture. And I always give my body good fuel so I can keep it as healthy and as powerful as possible. That was a lot for today, friends, so have fun with understanding your hunger and send me your questions or comments at info at vetcoachinternational.com. Don't forget to share this podcast with anybody who wants to understand their weight loss journeys and how their bodies and minds work. And don't forget to download the quick weight loss guide for small animal vets from the show notes. Have an amazing week, friends. Lots of loving hugs.